0: awesome. Well, welcome back to Quota Queens. Quota Queens. <laughs> We're your hosts, Liz Sachs and Daisy Baldwin. And. and today, hey <laughs> <hi> girl. <laughs> <laughs> and today we wanted to talk about the anatomy of a deal and building relationships with prospects over time and over Zoom, uh, <laughs> since that's what we've been doing now for about oh. a year um I wonder and, I if it's
1: gonna go back or if it will
0: I know well when you were working in finance sales like did you did you guys do everything like was outside different. sales everything yeah was exactly yeah. yeah So I don't know I mean I feel like it must be soon because people are everyone's having company offsites and outings and stuff like that so I feel like Probably, but I feel like the um, the tolerance for expenses has to come back for the companies. You know what I mean? Like yeah, once companies get comfortable paying for, for flights or hotels or dinners or whatever, that's like when, gonna, when it'll come back. Pay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's definitely going to be important. I think right now with also such large territories, it'll be interesting to see at what stage we do travel. So, you know, at what stage of the deal, when we're going to dissect this deal today and like the anatomy of deals, when is it okay to go from Zoom to in-person? And it might be almost like a hybrid model, just as it is for like now going back to the office.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I want to talk about too. Um, For everybody, Liz just closed a really big deal our biggest so far and we're really excited about it. So I wanted to kind of like ride that wave today. And I've been thinking a lot about just like how like the Zoom world and exactly that. Like how do you build relationships with people to like close more sizable deals? Um, since I personally used to work almost exclusively Um, in person. And that this is a really big change for me. And as Liz could tell you, I've been kind of in my head about it. But you know, it's very different. It's hard. It's 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 a big shift and finding a champion at a company that can then sell your product internally without you having that visibility of like, going into their office and meeting with them. And it's super easy to just like pull the right people in or just say hi to somebody who is, you know, maybe the real decision maker wanted to kind of break down like in this particular situation like how did how did she do that and kind of like pull at those strings a little bit and so, you know, just kind of wanted to walk through that but I mean to answer your question from earlier, I'm for me, it was always I would meet them first in person. So I would call them and then say, "Hey, I'm going to be in Houston next week. Let's grab lunch. Like I'm working with some people that you might know, some of your competitors. Like, what's some place by your office? Like, let me let me buy you a nice meal and like just just let's let's have a conversation. That's how I would always do discovery because it was easier for me. I never went from from Zoom or or whatever to I would just set a, a meeting. So my whole yeah. job, like cold calling, was just setting meetings. And then going to those meetings and then maybe follow-ups from there were like virtual if I wasn't in town. But I mean, that's how I did a lot of my business. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, you going through this whole deal cycle with, you know, your most recent client and and how you kind of like form that relationship and what were the steps to close and all that.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting to just generally to talk about what life obviously has been like the, over the last year that's been virtual versus you know <laughs> what it is normally but I also think that sales generally can take on so many different forms if Totally. Yeah. If I could have re-engineered this deal to be in a post-covid world I still think the initial stages of it would have been on Zoom and on on the phone. I think Mm -hmm. the way I've always approached deals is I'll fly to a client or a prospect in a later later stage of the deal. So I always handled my discoveries on the phone or over Zoom. I got my best notes done that way. And then I could build out a pitch that I'd then either fly to Mm -hmm. do – in person Mm -hmm. and then take my customer out after or I would do it over Zoom. And then once it had legs and really came to fruition from, hey, this deal is actually going to happen, then I'll fly.
0: So I think that
1: actually is going to be the way it will happen now. Totally. We'll see in the next couple. it depends
0: on your territory size.
1: I mean, totally depends on your territory size and where you're located. Like for you, you were based in Austin. So going to Houston wasn't a huge deal. But it's still travel. And it's not in your city area. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how the next couple – how the second half of the year plays out when we'll do this. And I mean, I'm working on another sizable deal right now where – The last conversation we had, which was earlier today, was about all the decision makers that are going to be in the room on this kind of final stage before we say, okay, this is going to happen. We just need to figure out budget. So it's that final make or break stage. And I asked, I said, okay he was like, yeah, we just need to get all the decision makers in the room. So this is going to be great. And I said, okay, do you want me to fly in for this? It was the first time I asked that because he was talking about Mm -hmm. having all the decision makers in a room. And he said, oh, no, no, no. you're like, I want to be in the room. (laughs) Put me in the (laughs) room. (laughs) Is it going to happen now? Um, So I think, you know, time will tell. We'll figure that out. But in particular for this deal, thank you, yes. I think it's so interesting when – you're on a high. I mean, sales is always about the super high highs and the really low lows. Yeah. And so I'm just want
0: to coast on your high. Yeah.
1: I'm so looking for <laughs> this high and it's going to last all of another 24 hours before I have to start Q3. No. <laughs>
0: you gotta, You got to celebrate it and ride it for as long as you can because that's how you get through sales. Like, that's 100% it. And I'm just feeding off of your energy because I've been... A Debbie Downey. Debbie Downey? <laughs> Debbie <Yeah>. Downey. <laughs> Debbie <laughs> Downey sounds more active. You like I'm Downey. Winging than sales. <laughs> exactly. So I'm yeah, I'm like feeding off of you right now. Um, I'm getting better, but we're we're on opposite sides. So I want to hear I wanna hear more about this and and really like lock it in. Like what what was the key takeaways from it? Um, that we can actually like pull pull, like a ton of value out of because I think that's always such a good thing to do after a huge success or, I mean, obviously a loss, but it's more fun to do it when you're successful.
1: (laughs) I have to say that it came after a loss. So, you know, we talked about this earlier, but last quarter I didn't hit my quota. I was only 62% of my quota. So Mm -hmm. basically I sat down at the end of, Q1. It was maybe three weeks left of the quarter. So similar timeline to now. And I knew I wasn't going to hit. And I just, I had gotten a, actually you had passed me a lead that luckily got me to 50%. So I was kind of happy about that, but I had enough Mm -hmm. energy to look at my quarter and just like what I didn't do that got me in that position. And it was a very low, low. Q1 like was ridden with anxiety the entire time. So very, Position oh, to you, worse. yeah. No low. <laughs> I almost like look at winter as like a black hole, when I usually do.
0: But yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean know. you get you get stuck into that hole, and it's a low low, and you're like, I yeah. don't know if I can ever get out of this ever again. Yeah, um, but you have to figure
1: out over <laughs> if not if you're not figuring out how, then you'll be stuck in that hole, and then you can't get out, and you'll leave the job. And that's the nature of sales. So basically I sat down and the one thing that I, we talked about too, the one thing that I could control was just more outbound, but in a way that was um, organized. And I think one of the biggest things that salespeople maybe do inherently when they're more mature in their role, but always need to do is build a plan out from the start of your quarter. And what I mean by plan is, what are the two anchor deals? What are the four mid-tier deals? And what are the six really small deals? Like I build a pyramid mm-hmm. out. I'm a visual learner. So I'll take a whiteboard and I'll You're make starters. squares and I'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. I need two really sizable deals. I need four mid-tier, mid-tier deals and I'll need like 10 really small like churn rapid deals. So if that's the way I'm building my quarter out based on whatever quota I've been given, that means I need to 10 X that number in order to hit it. So that means if Mm -hmm. I'm talking about 10 small or mid too big, then the too big, I need like 20 prospects in order to just land two of those Mm -hmm. big deals. And then for mid tier, deals I need 40 prospects. And then for the 10 small ones, I need a hundred. So because of that, I 10X each, I was doing for the last two weeks of last quarter and the first month of this quarter, a thousand, I gave myself a goal of a thousand outbound emails a week to make sure that I was sending a thousand a week. And if I didn't do it, it was a missed week. I wasn't going to hit my quota. And so for four weeks, I prospected from 8am to 9pm every day. And I had like calls in between. But I remember sitting on my laptop at my couch next to my boyfriend who would like be watching something and he would be kind of mad at me because I was literally working till 9pm every night. That was the only way I could justify figuring it out after the miss from last quarter.
0: And And you're basically saying that you take your end goal with that deal staircase, and then you like reverse engineer how many prospects you need for each of those. I mean, for me, like the the hard part about that is how do you know which are going to be the big deals? Like you basically just, are you looking in?
1: You don't know when you start out, but you know that that's the, I call it a pyramid or if the staircase is good too, that you know that that's what you need to build. And so when you start to get responses from your outbound, you'll start to place them visually in that pyramid structure. So I started, you know, maybe a month in, I had five different opportunities that could have fallen into those two big deals. And only one of them ended up netting out to get me to quota. Um, But then For that mid-tier, four mid-tier deals, I had about eight different opportunities, and only two ended up hitting. And then I had a bunch of really small ones that were able to get me to quota. So you kind of have this ideal situation, but you just need to build up enough backup so at least one or two will hit no matter what, because it's a numbers game, as we all know. But if you have 10 opportunities for those big deals, at least one of them will close. And that's important.
0: And that makes sense too, for like for for me, for you know one thing I'm trying to do is is decide how to spend my time with with building those relationships with people. So you're doing Zoom calls with like these transactional deals. That's more about process, right? Like hey, i if I talk to a hundred people who um might want like a small amount of of licenses, then okay. I just have to get the process down for that. And I can't spend too much time on it. I'm not going to necessarily be like building a relationship with them. I'm just going to get them where they need to go as fast as possible. And then finding those top of your pyramid or your staircase or whatever deals, whatever shape it may take, you're just going to then spend your time trying to build a relationship with those people. So like, that's what I want to hear more since you did do it exclusively over zoom and uh, again like like you were saying they it could have been maybe you would have flown out to see them or maybe not but i'm interested to hear like for those top deals how you went about that because easily sometimes you have these conversations with people right and then they're like well this would be a big change for us that's like a big thing that i have to now go do so like how do you one, build excitement with your champion, and two, then build a close enough relationship to where they're filling you in on everything. Like they're, you know, and you're doing that again, just virtually.
1: I mean, it's interesting. I feel like every relationship for every deal is different. For the one thing I also did this quarter was focus my energy more on the bigger deals and less on the smaller ones, um, mm-hmm. which really helped. But I also don't know it's funny like the relationships I build once the deal closes kind of level off and it's a little sad I
0: always feel like it is is really sad
1: I know because I'm not talking to them anymore and I basically just use them for their money like it it is a very transactional relationship and (laughs) not maybe because I'm so genuine is makes me sad but it is the
0: way it is but this um well yeah you really- spent so much time working towards a goal with someone and then you're like oh I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. now you're cheating here's- on me with your customer success manager yeah cool. like here's my but also like you pass
1: it off too right and then the customer yeah. success manager takes it over and you're like and you're oh like, why do you like them better yeah not even why do you like them better? <laughs> I just don't want to have the CSMs role at all. That's a hard oh, job. Oh, no. At, not I, at do all. I just
0: don't support. like when someone – I just don't like when someone takes over my relationship with anybody Yeah, because I just want to yeah. be the center Sorry. of attention. Sorry. You know? but
1: all that to say was I think that there's like five stages, right? So there's that first stage of planning and really discovering how you want to build your time for your quarter – and then the second stage is that outreach game. So it's like hit a thousand a week for four weeks. And then you'll, mm. identify, the third stage is identifying the deals and knowing the process by which you take for each one. So for this big one that was part of four others that I had in my pipe, I knew I was going to be spending a lot of time with them. And what that time looked like was spending a good amount of time building out a pitch deck or a proposal deck that they really that matched exactly what they needed, understanding who all the key players were that they had to then bring that deck to to communicate with internally, and always, always, always building, and I cannot stress this enough, building a next step call or Zoom call after you speak with them no matter what. If this is a big deal and you're talking to them, you know that whatever stage they're going to take, the information you're giving them, you need a follow-up call with them no matter what, even Mm -hmm. if they cancel it. And that's something I was really diligent on. And because of that, I was speaking to my now customer every single week. If not, she would do it and it would end up being, you know, every other week but it was a really how consistent.
0: did you get there with her like how did you get there with her initially to where you were like let's talk were you just like hey let's have this follow-up call and then the follow-up call turned into let's check in every week or because that's no, the part that's time,
1: yeah it's every time I was on a call with with my mm-hmm. customer we would end the call and I would say okay now that you have this information, what are your next steps? And they would say like, all right, I'm either going to talk to – I have to talk to the president or I have to talk to the, the rest of the team and get feedback or I have to figure out how many people we want to go with. Whatever it was, I would say, okay, so when you do that, why don't we schedule a follow-up for the day after so that I can understand where you're at in the process and therefore manage my team's expectations. And I also relied a lot on like – The fact that I was going to have to speak to legal and finance to get whatever they needed across the line. So because of that, I was their champion. And so if they knew that I had to do something for them as well, we were going to have to have a follow-up conversation so I could get an answer to push for whatever they needed. So if it's a lower price or if it's um, something free on top of what you're offering or if it's... uh, discounts in terms of like add-ons, whatever the lever is that you're going to build into the deal, you have to play hardball, t- hardball too and be like, look, I can't get this unless I have an answer from you. And that answer has yeah. to come from a follow-up conversation.
0: Yeah. So you kind of have a hook every time to get get them on the next call. And then naturally over time, you just – from there you build a relationship because you're speaking on such a regular cadence and you're like I'm in your court just keep me looped in I think that's really good advice because it is hard Yeah. yeah you have to you have to be friends with them and that's the part that I think where I was meeting with people in person I was like of course like you know you get drinks with someone and then you form a relationship with them and then you call them to say hey just wanted to check how'd your conversation yesterday with everyone go like what do you think we should do next like you're strategizing with them that was easier for me now I'm like it's hard yeah um
1: personal connection but you can yeah. you still can and, but and you have to fit yeah it's something a lot of times you can always figure out you, like they're not going to build a personal connection with me in person. Like just for all ostensible purposes, this was a this was a a deal with an institution that I would not have any connection with. Like it's not a yeah. fashion brand that I love. It's a random company that, you know, yeah. I built a relationship with over time just based yeah. on the fact that like I was offering a service that fit a need for them.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, it's different for everyone. And I think that's like, my strength is is that relationship building piece of it. I think I build value, but I, I've been very curious about that part of it just because I think it's not what everybody, some people are just more transactional, but they just get deals across because they are super good at planning and being decisive and being very direct with people. I don't think that's always like my my strength, but I think everyone has their strength and you know, that relationship element of it has been like eluding me a little bit. And I think that's what makes people like respond to my emails and like that's fill me in, you know, but you need to have that with a, a champion. But I think too, the what the um, advice that, that Kaylin got from her boss, which for everyone was basically, you know, essentially just to call the customer on their cell phone because it feels less formal than a Zoom and and this was regarding something that she wanted, you know, to have a frank conversation with them. Um and he said, just 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 send them a note, say, Hey, what's your cell number? Let me Are you free and at at this time? Let me give you a quick call, just ten minutes. And I think that's great. And I'm gonna start using that too for a follow up and just say like, hey, I'll just call your cell because it feels less formal. It feels like they're talking to a friend. And then also they're not looking at you. And so they're more likely to tell you more, which I think just psychologically is true. Like it's not a, fa- a meeting. Like it feels like your friend calling you. So you're like, hey, let me, let me call yourself. And so many business meetings now are on Zoom and like people don't talk on the phone as much. So I feel like it does feel a little bit different. It's something, mm-hmm. a way to be different. So when you have those meetings with just your champion, where you're just building that relationship with them and you're like, hey, what's going on? doing just a quick cell phone, cell phone call, phone
1: call. No, I think that there's a lot of elements that people can play around with, whether it's video, phone, soon to be in person. But ultimately, like, I would say one of the other things I did was, and I don't know if this was a good thing or bad. I actually am examining it all the time on my own. But I, I, I get to be a little aggressive. And,
0: and I mean that
1: by like – Well, everybody's
0: different. Yeah, up, yeah, that's what I mean.
1: I follow up almost every single day. And yeah. most people don't do that. Most people are like, no, give people time. They have a lot of other shit going on. This isn't the only thing they're talking about or thinking about. But for me, it's the only thing I'm thinking about. And I, I, I don't know if I let my anxiety get the best of me, but it doesn't come across as negative ever. So I kind of run with it, which is just like – hey, and and this was an example, because I gave them the the final stage too, is I give them a deadline by which they need to sign. And it's usually two weeks before the end of the quarter. And that's just what I say, like, if we're not going to get it done, then we're not going to get it. So I had that deadline already intact from months prior, like I started the gate out with that. But Mm -hmm. a week before that deadline, I was traveling. And I was in my head like, it would be so nice if this would just close before I travel. So I end up emailing saying, Hey, I'm on a flight today. Just wanted to let you know in case you don't hear from me, but what's the latest kind of email. And I was aggressive because I wanted to get it across while I was gone. And it didn't, it didn't, it closed on the date that I gave initially, which is fine, but it did push them to be like, okay, this has to happen. This has to happen by the day. Yeah. You push it faster or slower. Yeah. I was aggressive. Well, I think,
0: and- well, no, I think everyone like, you know, I think so with like the disc profile, have you heard of that? Where you're, there's dominant, um, interactive, stabilizing. And then, I don't know, I forget the last one. It's the one that none of us are. <laughs> it's the one that's like, that's an accountant. They're like very numbers driven. They're like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. D is like dominant and I is interactive and it's basically one is like super decisive and, and decision driven and, and very like, this is what we're doing. And then the I is interactive, like a people person and most salespeople are a combination of the two, but like skewing one more than the other. Mine is very high I medium D and like yours might be higher D where you're like, Hey, this is our schedule. This is our plan. Like, here's what we're doing. I'm going to follow up with you. And that works really well for a lot of people, you know? And then, you know, still, still a people person, but like more higher on the other side. So most salespeople are both. um, And I think for some people it works really well. Like you, your job is to keep them on track. Like you're like their boss on this deal of like, Hey, I need this from you. I need this from you, you know? So I think that it, it works well for some people. I'm not sure if I can, if like personally for me, it's like would work, but maybe I don't know. You know,
1: look, and it's gonna get me it, or not. It's going to, but there are other deals where I've lost them because I've been aggressive, and the person's like, "Hey, I literally have no answer for you. You got to stop." And yeah, it's not necessarily I lost it because of that. It's just like that that deal didn't come to fruition. But I, I always go back yeah. then that's the situation you got to go back to your initial plan of the quarter which is okay then i need i have those four other backups that i'd been working on like let's see where they're going and you never leave one or the other until they just pan out the way that they do because i had this big deal but then i also had two other really sizable ones this quarter to get me yeah where i needed to go so you got to i think the the planning part is not to be Miss like everything happens at the last month that you're negotiating and you're really pushing to be aggressive mm-hmm. or not but it happened because you did that initial plan
0: no and that's so key and I think for for someone like me it can be really hard to sit down and do that because again I'm the I'm the high eye. it's just like not in my nature to want to sit down with a spreadsheet or like any type of formula (laughs) shape I don't know like geometry I I, it's just it's not but I think that you're right and that like if you just simplify it to that um you know to that amount like I'm definitely going to do that for next quarter and and try to create something where it's like a map you know um for my deals okay so key takeaways from your deal create a deal pyramid and work backwards. So that would be the planning stage. So Liz's five stages, planning, Planning, outbounding.
1: Outreach, identify your deals after you've done that outbound. So kind of looping back to step one, aggressive (laughs) (laughs) follow-ups, and give a deadline
0: to close. I love it. That's so good. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we dissected that like that. That was really helpful actually. I want to do more oh, of those. Quota
1: queens out there, you better get on that Liz. Yes. Sachs. Yeah.
0: yeah, the Liz Sachs, as my my life coach we call it a success formula. We can call yeah. it the the Sachs method. <laughs> because Liz is a quota queen right now, currently. Yes, so guys, I'm that's... actually a quota queen. I'm not just saying yes. I'm a quota
1: queen and not hitting quota, today I've hit the quota.
0: She's <laughs> wearing the crown. She has the crown emoji above her head. Actually, right now I can see it. Yeah, so that's that's the, the key takeaways for today. And then we can end on a light lighthearted note after our very intellectual discussions. So um, I feel like we were pretty you know cerebral it. today.
1: But that's a good thing. But lightheartedly, how we're often fine. are your sales teams going out now? Because now that everyone's vaccinated, let's hope, we know that those SDRs and BDRs are getting down <laughs> <like> their <80s. laughs> If there's anything with <laughs> the corporate bros um, poll, that happens far too often than you think it does or doesn't. So we're, <laughs> we're all the corporate bros <laughs> out there. It's safe. Okay, we know that you're about to get down, jiggy with it, but um. <laughs> <Liz>. <laughs> no <one said>
0: that. <laughs> wow, she hit her quota, guys. But I don't know <laughs> if she knows anything. I think she hasn't like stopped working in the past three months to figure out what people say nowadays. Um <laughs> not say jiggy with it anymore. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I mean, maybe. I, I, it right. could be well, a thing, honestly always- summer 2021
1: so for anyone in austin that listens to quota queens hit me up having a party where we're all gonna get jiggy
0: we're getting very jiggy at our parties i can definitely say that yeah keep it safe keep it light <laughs> don't do anything that you would regret or that you wouldn't want your co-workers to know about but no, how like i the next
1: on the next episode of Quota Queens, I want to hear about some of these stories.
0: Yeah, exactly. From our- we'll, 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 we'll collect some fan stories. It's like my mom's like, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom being uh, like, Jiggy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we still say that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's something my mom is definitely familiar with is the word Jiggy. Not so much <laughs> the inner workings of sales team party culture but you know maybe it's a real thing. probably has some good stories yeah.
1: daisy is a really, <laughs> good, really good at staying till the end of all the things i'm really good at leaving mm, usually halfway or three quarters of the way through
0: <laughs> yeah i i i exhausted myself a couple of weeks ago so now i haven't been out in like <laughs> A couple of weeks and I feel like a lot of people are in that in that spot where really? I was with someone who was yeah I was with my friend last night who got a sales manager job here and he was just like wrecked <laughs> He was like I'm so tired I was like dude I don't blame you but it's because everybody they're like flying in all the people from all the coasts here and everything and everyone's doing the full week of taking people out and doing all the like touristy stuff riding the bull at all the bars and everything so he was like i'm couldn't be more tired i'm leaving on a 7 a.m flight i am exhausted and i want to die and i was like yeah that's basically where i was three weeks ago so <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not it's we're not doing that well that happens. well thanks for listening, listening. <laughs> we'll see
1: you on the next episode of quota queens
0: bye